All right. So my name is Bertha and I'm a compulsive eater, compulsive dieter, compulsive body hater, I guess. Um, so today I'm just going to share from kind of where I'm at because, uh, you know, I'm always a work in progress. And it's great to see some people here who I've known for a long time in program. <laughs> and so, you know, it's uh, like, okay, so um, they probably know part of my story. So it kind of keeps me honest, you know, I can't pretend any of it. So, um, so I qualify myself kind of, um, uh, you know, it's coming up for nearly 40 years in 12-step programs. And um, uh, hopefully it's all right to just say my first program and a big program for me is still Al-Anon. But through doing a fourth step in that, I realized I had tremendous issues around food, body size and weight, you know, and all the things that we talk about, can talk about in this program. And so that was when I started away. And I've been pretty regularly, except I dropped out, dropped out a couple of times because maybe, uh, um, I don't know, would this have been the first six years or something like that, that I, I really focused on abstinence. And um, uh, my husband left and I took back the food and I dropped out of the program because I thought I can't be abstinent, so I don't qualify. So... Um, that's no longer my thinking, which is great. So um, my main thinking now is how much, how many years I spent in hazing my body, the size as well as in shape. And, you know, it's more recently, even in the last four or five years that I've actually learning how to love myself, no matter what size I am. And so the food is not a big issue for me now. Um, so, uh, early on, as I said, I heard a lot about abstinence and I, I knew enough that I couldn't follow a food plan strictly because I slowly realized that my problem was really dieting to try and change my body shape and size. And that's what led me to thinking about, you know, body hate and, and, and and into realizing, you know, that I'm, I, I've, you know, I got born into this body kind of because, you know, it's the DNA that does all the work of making us human beings. And, and I'll only be in this body for a while. And um, so, you know, the, the, the cultural stuff that taught me to hate myself has been sh slowly shifting as I shift some of my childhood trauma and stuff. So, um, um, so that's kind of where I'm at is, is really, um, I can't believe how much I've, I don't focus at all on body size or weight. And I, um, because I, my biggest problem was restricting to diet, you know, to change my and I'd say one thing too that taught me that I had a, a very difficult cancer. And just to um, tell you, like, 
I, I had to be in hospital for six days and nights on continuous chemo. And I had to do that six rounds of that. And I barely lost weight. I couldn't eat. It's like, so I realized it was, I realized like that. Okay. Probably my body, because I, all my DNA comes from Europe and um, you know, winters without food were probably one of the things there. And I probably had, a gene that could survive a lot of starvation. So, so that was that was a helpful thought, a helpful new understanding and thinking, and a new way to think about you know the genetic stuff that I come with. And um, so now, like I'm thinking more these days about um, compulsivity as being the root of you know much of the addictions, really, and. Uh, I'm looking at my compulsivity. I can't throw out food. And it's not too bad because it, does, it doesn't mean I overeat. Well, occasionally, that's true. Occasionally, I still would overeat. But more and more, I can listen to my body. And I can have food in the house that I used to think I was, it was possible to do. But I really like learning to love my body and thinking more in those terms of what my body needs. And, and um, I noticed that I'm much less in danger of overeating because I can feel when my tummy doesn't need any more food. And even like the other evening, someone gave us a gift of a very delicious dessert. <laughs> and, uh, you know, I just couldn't eat. I couldn't stuff myself with it. I had some and it's still sitting there, which is just miraculous. Anyway, so I'm looking at other and, and well, the, the biggest compulsivity actually is probably negative thinking about myself. My, my thinking goes compulsively to negativity a lot. And I'm learning to um, recognize that. And um, that's why I really, I really gravitate in the 11 step prayer and meditation because it is helping me to, to be aware now I'm really into being aware of my thinking and so much negativity lies in my thinking. And, you know, like I'll, I'll find myself, well, actually I still do have to thinking about food. I still do. Um, you know, I suddenly find myself thinking about food when, when maybe I'm tired or something. So that I see, like, that's what's my, I think, you know, um, you know, my work now is the compulsivity towards negativity that's in my thinking. And I like to believe, and I have a lot of evidence that it was planted there by the culture I grew up in, which was pretty fascist, actually. <laughs> anyway, and I, I have to say this because sometimes when I can't say it, I can't speak anymore. And, you know, it was fascist in the name of God. So that makes it kind of difficult. But I'm so grateful that the program is becoming much more open about, you know, different terms or different thinking about that, you know. And um, for me now, it's more like the wondrous parts of my DNA that I was kind of born into, really, you know. And, you know, I, I like... I'm grateful that, you know, all the cells of my body know what to do 
you know, and I don't have to think about it. My kidney cells are working right now, probably pretty hard because I just had a cup of tea and I don't have to think about that. Anyway, this, the tools and the tools are, um, you know, I really, again, my, you know, my whole thinking, I suppose, is, is you know, evolving and it's continually evolving, just like, you know, I believe our culture will evolve. So I really feel that now for me, the greatest tool is the love and understanding, love and understanding that I find in these rooms. And I very recently, like, really had that insight. You know, the whole program started because one drunk or about to be drunk realized what he needed to find was someone who could fully understand his problem and, you know, hold him lovingly um, while they talked it through. And, you know, that's that was really the start of it. One human being really able to understand and love and care for someone else because in those days and still some people would hold the the idea uh, that you know um uh, like addictions and stuff you know that you can change you could you could overcome them with your rational mind you know we're finding that that's of course totally untrue but that would have been the thinking that would have surrounded these early days you know, uh, yeah, pull yourself up by your own bootstraps and all that kind of thing. And so to find someone who actually just held, they held each other with love and understanding. And that's when the healing started and the whole thing started, you know. And then I think, you know, they they started to just figure out how it happened for them and, you know, that they gave up trying to solve their problems with their rational minds. and you know, and something bigger came into their lives. And so for me, anyway, that um, for me is, for me anyways, the greatest tool. And that, of course, we get in meetings. And so, um, and all the tools, uh, the telephone, you know, all the contact with another human being who won't judge me, won't criticize me, might tell me, you know, I'm my thinking is a little bit on the wrong track, or maybe I can, you know, adjust this, but we'll do it with love and care. Um, that I use a lot, the telephone. Um writing is fantastic. And again, I'm I don't use it as much maybe as I could. My first, my first tool is definitely meetings and telephone. So it's human contact kind of. And um, and I still go. I still go to probably a meeting every day. <laughs> it's not. It's not always. It's Al-Anon. Some days I go. Still go. You know, still go to some days two meetings a week. Maybe Al-Anon and OA. So that's um, and then as I say, my you know, the telephone is and it's why it's wonderful. I think Zoom to have Zoom. I really. You know, it's one of the gifts, like from the COVID and stuff was pretty awful in many ways. But again, like some difficult things, we got some gifts from it. So, um, the, uh, um, and then I do remember like um, literature in my early days when I would be going crazy. 
if I picked up the literature and very often I, I would take to my, my bedroom away from the family and stuff and just reading literature always soothed and comforted me, you know. And again, I feel it was like the words and the, the um, support of other human beings that just told me, you know, isn't that, it won't, it might be bad now, but it'll get better. You will be all right. We've been through this before. And, you know, I still use that kind of thinking around my food um, because uh, my food is certainly not perfect, even though I've said that it's, you know, where it is in a fantastic way. Um, but, you know, going to just being forgiving and gentle and kind to myself no matter what, is um, just so, so healing. Yeah, and um, I, yeah, I have some wonderful sponsors. So, um, yeah, I'm kind of going through the tools and how, you know, what they mean to me and how I use them. So um, that is, that is such a gift to have some special, you know, one-on-one -on -one people in my life. That's, uh, and I also happen to have a therapist who's in the program. So it's almost kind of sponsorship stuff um, because we can talk about all that. So um, that's, uh, yeah. Um, like I, I have, you know, as they say, a life beyond my wildest dreams and it's absolutely true and I look at my life and I think how the hell did I end up here with all the support and love and care and um, and wonderful people around even if some of them aren't in program we have so I'm in a retirement community now and I really don't know how we ever afforded to be here but it's just miraculous things in my life. And they're, you know, gifts that have come to me without doing anything on my part. Bertha, you have five minutes left. Okay. I'm almost finished too. <laughs> so, um, yeah, actually, I think that's about all I have to say this morning. I've, um, well, maybe one thing, like I have healed enormous amounts of trauma, really deep, deep, very difficult stuff. And I now have um, such a much more positive attitude on life. I, I, um, I realized like in looking back in program, how gentle it is, it has been for me to just gently bring my psyche to a place where I could deal with all the difficult in my background. And I had, um, I was just realizing the other day, you know, when I was about 10, I went to, um, you know, a convent school and I was so damaged and so depressed already. And, and there was just no help for that side of me. You know, they taught me, math and geography and history and all kinds of things but um my whole inner self just stayed stuck 
and through the gifts of this program, it's being unstuck. And slowly but surely, I'm growing up those parts of me that never got a chance. My deep, deep emotional part that, um, you know, did, did um, you know, get me food. Like it was the only comfort. And in my culture, actually, there's a truth to that. I realized that um, I still do gravitate to having a cup of tea with milk in it. And I always notice when I do that, there's always a thought to have a cookie as well. And because that was the only consolation that there was for my emotional self, even though I didn't even know I had an emotional self in those days. So um, that it's wonderful. It's a gift for me too, to, to understand that that's um, why those thoughts come to me. And I'm careful about allowing myself because if I take too much black tea, it doesn't, it upsets my digestion. But I'm very gentle with myself, allowing that memory of that comfort. And it's like remembering positive stuff too in my growing up. And just, I mean, uh, there's there's no end of gratitude I would have for these programs and 12 steps and on on amazing how it's really been so so growthful and healing and I feel like I'm regaining the person I was born to be after yeah many many years and uh, I still and and I'm glad that I'm you know I'm 83 now so I'm glad that I'm not you know, saying, oh, well, why didn't this happen before and everything? And I'm, it's much more positive. It's like, at least I have a few years to really enjoy the person I was meant to be in spite of all the difficulties. So these programs have healed me enormously. And I can't thank you all enough because everyone, every single person is so important to my healing and to all of us. So thank you. That's it.